Again, I am at a loss for words. And I don't know exactly what has put me in this state. I want to talk about COVID. I want to talk about the strange state we find ourselves in psychologically right now as a country. Um, and I think you got an echo on the, you need to have headphones because otherwise the out, the audio, it's, this is a dumb stream yard thing. It doesn't turn, it'll might, yeah, it won't turn the volume down all the way on the shit. We'll just share, we'll just share a phone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Vallejo with us in our, uh, in, in the cabin tonight for an improv show because we have dog food on the burners outside and I can't walk away from that flame which is right outside the window here we are coming to you from the candlelit cabin I don't know how much we can see this but that is the remainder of a gorgeous sunset tonight I've been uh, I've been cooking outside doing some dog food cooking that's a big leveling up for us here actually cooking our own dog food and yeah, I know it's gonna sound crazy and I'm not I'm not going straight to I'm giving my dogs a transition I'm being very careful about it dogs can be healthy vegan too isn't that crazy? I it blew my mind when I did the research on this. Because I was like, wait a second. They, like, I mean, I have canines. I know I, I as a human have evolved to eat meat as well as a plant-based diet, but that I don't have to eat meat to be healthy. Uh dogs different, but it turns out, yeah, basic nutritional shit still applies. Amino acids, plant protein, and in some ways they're healthier. As a result, so uh, we're cooking food. If you didn't notice in the cabin, we got candles. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. We got can We got four of them behind us. We got four of them on this side. We have the wood. The wood burning stove is is glowing, keeping us cozy tonight. Um, and we have a we have a dog bed that's that, that's missing a few pieces, being put together. And there's Ed, our co-host and ombudsman for the evening. Uh, sorry for the little technical difficulty there. Getting started. We have Jim joining us. And as I said, tonight, getting deep on COVID. Like I said, I'm I'm really kind of at a loss for words. COVID hysteria has put us, I say us, like humanity, in a very strained psychological state. And let's just go back, go back to the beginning of this whole thing. New virus. We don't know how dangerous it is. We don't know how contagious it is. We don't know how deadly it is. We don't know where it came from, except sort of maybe China, Wuhan, you know. I'm not going back to when it was a twinkle in a bath. Sorry. If you believe that origin story, and God damn, has that been a dumb distraction? Was it made in a lab? Was it natural? Was it a Chinese wet market? Can we can we insert some racism into this conversation about COVID? Oh, yes, plenty. <laughs> but why, why is it that a virus raises raci racial issues, issues of racism? Oh, because it's part of divide and conquer. Because what happened? How did this become a thing? This virus itself. Again, got to remind everybody. When we first looked at the virus, got a handle on how deadly it was. They couldn't convince us to shut down, to lock down, to do anything because it was it wasn't that deadly, and they really they knew that it wasn't. But somehow they convinced us. But you know what? We do, we can't let it overwhelm hospitals. So two weeks to flatten the curve. And in that two weeks, the fear was implanted. The fear became of, of some other unknown. 
not of the virus of, of, of COVID-19, Corona that we didn't remember. It was, used to be Corona. We remember, remember the good old days when we called it Corona? The Rona. You got a touch of the Rona, huh? A bit of the Rona. Yeah, you might you might want to go uh, get some get some rest and, and drink some fluids if you got a little Rona. And now it's now it's COVID nineteen. They switched. It was it got deeper. They embedded the fear at a much deeper psychological level than I thought was possible, and I fell for it. I briefly I fell for it. I thought we might have got it because we were touring on the road with the bus, shaking a lot of hands. Pretty sure we got exposed, but even then I didn't take the threat seriously. And somehow people. You know what? And, and I, I almost don't want to argue this point, right? Because we know that it has a what 99.9% survivability rate overall. I mean, it's it's a virus that is less deadly than w- being a former employee of the Clintons, right? To to tell yeah yeah I knew Ed was going to laugh for that one. A, a virus less deadly than trusting government. I mean, I we could we could tell endless dumb jokes about COVID. Um, but there's a 99.9% they won't be funny anyway because my comedy is not that good, and I'm doing this rant off the top of my head. But, yeah, just really, the, the, the idea that this became the threat, oh, you're going to kill grandma. Well, they convinced us that we needed a lockdown for two weeks to flatten the curve. And you know what happened in that two weeks? A lot of people were hurting from that shutdown. From A lot of people were, like, were scared, very, very scared of the economic prospects, not so much the virus itself, because the virus is like, oh, well, it's unknown, but it doesn't look that bad. We can isolate, you know, and get, but, oh, fuck, I just lost my job. They took our jobs. The, the COVID, it took our jobs. Yeah, no, no. And that put a lot of people, like even people who were relatively well off, right? Yeah, and, and and in that sense, I, I mean, I financially, I'm I'm a poor, broke motherfucker, but I am a rich man by all of the metrics that I care about. And I have land, and I have my health, and I have wonderful relationships, and they're getting better actually. As I, I start some of the thinking that I'm applying recently about about this, and this is what we're going to get into tonight about the, the the toxic mentality of COVID hysteria. So during that two weeks, even people who were well off, right? And and, and this is like I in, in this sense I count myself. You know, I have I have uh, I have land and property and practical shit and a little bit of passive income enough to you know my VA disability as long as as long as the government is working, I'll be okay, right? Yeah. Uh, but even for me and even for people I was living with here, we were affected. By that shutdown in that first two week period, and it, it introduced a lot of, you know, I consider myself extremely mentally healthy, not perfect, but uh, very self aware, very aware, very conscious of mental health in general, of my mood and attitude, and uh, resilient. And even for me, there was an experience of anxiety and uncertainty. More because of other people's hysteria, right, than my own. I mean, if anything, I felt like the, the part of the calm in the middle of the storm while everybody else is freaking out. And in that state of anxiety, in that state of, of distress, in that lowered state of mental health and uh, resiliency, 
that fear set in. And it became an excuse for everything. And I pointed this out before, right? That if you if you wanted to stay home, like Eric Hartman, you know, walk around with a six-foot-long stick, stay away, stay away, poking people. You know, you could do that. If you wanted to be a Karen, if you wanted to bully your neighbors, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to, if you wanted to be a little more self-righteous, if you wanted an excuse for a daily holier-than-thou ritual of telling other people to distance and wear their masks and now get the vaccine, then you could. If you wanted to print a few trillion dollars on behalf of the banking class, because, uh, yeah, that's, you could. And, of course, who, who are the ones pushing the fear narrative, the mainstream media and the government, and who's benefiting the rich get richer while everybody else suffers. And the economic metrics, I mean, people can, can argue with me on this. Oh, look, Adam, but jobs, but the, yeah. 86.57309% of all statistics are total made up bullshit designed to manipulate you. So like, really, let's look around and use a little common sense because never before, at least in my lifetime, has it seemed like there has been such a disconnect from reality and the mainstream narrative. Lies, 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 and statistics, all designed to manipulate, to keep you in a state of fear. And I assume if you're listening to me at this point, certainly if you're listening live, you've gotten past this fear, at least you've been able to reason your way out of it to put COVID in perspective. And for the people who are still playing this game of COVID make-believe, like really, you haven't yet realized that this is at very, at very best. Like at, at, at very, the, the nicest I could possibly be to, to, to the COVIDists and to those indulging in COVID hysteria is to say that it is a misplaced priority, misplaced uh, fear. And you say, well, it, it, it's killing people. Even again, even if you believe their statistics where you know they lie and they say, well, if you died with it, then you died from it. And the biggest lie of this whole thing. And the people who want to believe that because they, they, they you know, why this is where I want to get deep tonight. I really want to examine this. Because it's fear, it's an indulgence in fear. It's a fear that becomes the excuse for everything else, right? But I think the greatest side effect is, of, of the vaccine has finally reared its ugly head because we can talk about blood clots and this and that. And and, and I got to say, again, it, it's fucking maddening how much we don't know that we know we should. That we're we know we're fucking capable of knowing that the elites, to use a, a generalized term, they know they, they don't care about the virus. They go out unmasked. Fucking AOC in her tax the rich dress while not wearing a mask, surrounded by mask help at the Met Gala. The royal family of England hosting a birthday banquet where the staff is required to be masked and they are unmasked. I know the people who know what's going on don't buy it. And the rich get richer at everybody else's expense. So the story goes. And now with the vaccine, we should know. We should fucking know by now. How dangerous is it? 
And honestly, we don't. Because we know that a big chunk of, of what we know are the un, of undeniable vaccine victim horror stories are being censored and suppressed. Let alone, because most of them are cases where you don't know. You can't say for sure until you do the broader statistical analysis. You know, we're going to get personal tonight about this too, because this is an issue with my family. I was recently uninvited from my stepdad's memorial ceremony, life celebration. I don't know if calling it a funeral is appropriate. I won't presume for my mom or my stepdad, but because I won't get tested because I, I visited them before while he was alive to help. Didn't have to get tested for that. She's singling me out for tests because other people who are going to be there don't want to be around someone who's untested. Dude, I, I could break down the, I, the irrationality of that position. I mean, it might take me a should I try a brief, brief breakdown of that? Like, that, that you know, first of all, the very premise of like, well, if you're afraid of a virus, get vaccinated, wear a mask, distance, stay home, protect yourself. This whole thing, this premise that's been turned on its head now of you have to be afraid of other people and it's okay to, to demand that other people adjust their lives to, to, to mitigate your risk is absolutely fucking absurd. But the idea, again, that I'm going to get tested, first of all, as if the tests were reliable in the oh. first place. No, but it's an excuse to exclude somebody. Well, we have to test you because if, if we get a positive, whether it's true or not, we get to exclude you. Right. Uh, but the idea that I have to get tested and my mom said this, I'm going to call my mom out on this. My mom said, Hey, this is a reasonable standard. If you're not vaccinated, you have to get tested. Do I really have to explain why that is so unreasonable or just out of touch with the reality that now we know that even if you're vaccinated, first of all, it's gone in six months in terms of effectiveness. If you believe that it was effective to begin with. And you can still, even if you just got your shots and you are freshly vaccinated, you can still catch and transmit COVID. But no, me, the one who's unvaccinated, who's, 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 who actually, and, and the maddening thing about, the other maddening thing about this is that I, I, it, it's, it's unhealthy people trying to give health advice to healthy people. And not listening, listening to authorities based on white lab coats and fancy titles and government positions. Not, oh, well, this is a healthy person who's an authority because they've proven it. You know, someone like Mike Adams, like the health ranger, who I will criticize every time I mention his name to say that he is sensationalistic because I can't give him absolute undue, un, 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 unreserved endorsement. But I do endorse the fact that he has gotten a lot of people healthier by questioning authority and by telling the truth. And he knows his shit. My criticism of him is more stylistic to prepare people. Because if you, if I send you to Mike Adams and you, you go, ah, this is sensationalistic. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck it. Because he should be. Because somebody needs to be. And goddamn, is Mike Adams a healthy motherfucker. Top to bottom. And does he know his shit? but he doesn't know how dangerous the vaccines are because he doesn't have access to that data because no one does, because that data is being obfuscated deliberately. You know, again, who benefits <clears throat> the rich get richer at the expense of everybody else. 
And so Ed said something to me this morning that I will say, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get any more personal. I don't think than I just did. I don't want to, I don't want to put my family on blast any more than that for their covid But I do want to learn from this because I, I, what Ed's, said this morning raised a really important issue. Do you mind if I share this briefly and to integrate in this? Ed, because I, I I can't even remember how it came up, but we were talking about all these related issues. And 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 Ed said, you know, well, I'm protecting my own here. And and he said he's he's had to give up on a lot of relationships of people who didn't want to see the truth, people who didn't care about their health, people who were closed-minded, right? People who we have to say at some point, like, we're gonna leave you behind in Babylon. I will I will pull you fucking hard, but when you start kicking and screaming, I want to stay in Babylon. I gotta leave you in Babylon. Because because you're gonna you're gonna you're starting to suck me in. Like you might die. And Ed said, I will shed a tear when I and I'm I'm inserting some language. Am I misrepresenting your no. just a bit? Okay. No, you're right. But I'm I'm extrapolating even to, to share my sentiment. So I'm I'm uh, you know on, on Ed's sentiment of you know, if you're if you want to scream and kick. To stay in Babylon, I will not drag you out because at some point you're pulling me in and making my life as shitty as yours. And I'm happy out here. Holy shit, every day. It is a blessing to wake up in Gardenia, to be on my own homestead. And you know what, Ed? I, I share that sentiment to a certain degree. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not that, and, and, and I, I, I share, I think, your sort of strategic lifestyle conclusion. You know, and and Ed said, you said today, uh, I, I, you don't want to be around vax people because we don't know how. Like, well, first of all, we know that at very least, we know that vax people are dumb and dangerously compliant in the way that I was when I enlisted in the Marine Corps and volunteered to murder strangers on the other side of the planet. Yeah, it's that. That's what fucking happens when you trust authority that shouldn't be trusted, right? But they are to the point of being dangerously dumb and trusting and obedient where I don't want to be around that. And and COVID has brought out this wave of fear, has brought out some ugliness in a lot of personalities, a lot of people showing their dark sides when they have this excuse to do whatever they want, or at least they have this excuse that they can invoke. Oh, and it's not you being an asshole. It's just COVID. Yeah, man, it's just COVID. You're just being a good person because you're you're spreading the COVIDism uh, mythology. You're yeah. the good word of COVID, the good word of of of, of Saint Fauci, right? I keep thinking of the Marine. Yeah, right. That stubborn that that refusal, and and you know, that, you know, Ernie Hancock, our mutual friend, once told me, and this this resonates a lot. Sometimes you know, we just have to wait for some people to die. But I'm I'm not ready to accept all of that. I believe. And I, I, maybe tonight we got to examine this. Is this Adam's blind faith in humanity? Am I, am I unnecessarily hopeful? Am I harmfully optimistic? And thinking that no one is beyond redemption, that no one is beyond being reached, that everybody has some key to unlock their psychological barriers to seeing the truth to opening their hearts and their minds to compassion 
and the reality that is in front of them without a denial that has been induced by fear and the trauma that they were subjected to as children. No, none of them are beyond being reached. Now the question comes down to where do we draw the line? How much effort are we willing to put in? But at very least tonight, I demand that we put in the effort to examine this critically and say, how do we reach such people? Can we understand this as a mechanism of fear? Because you know what? There is there is one side effect from the COVID vaccinations. All of them. There's, there's one universal side effect that goes along with all of them that is now undeniably apparent. Inability to admit that you were fucking wrong. So how do you get people to admit that they were wrong? How do you get people to step out of that? How do you love them hard enough? How do you build them up enough? How do you encourage them? Once they have sunken so far into Babylon and are unwilling to see that and to, to, to pull themselves out of that, it's like they're too far gone. But I think no one is beyond redemption. The more we think about it, the more love we pour into these questions, the more people we might be able to reach, to save. And that's always my goal. I don't know about always. Sometimes I just want to fuck around and have fun. But this dark cloud of COVID is really putting a cramp in my style two years on. We're still dealing with this shit. God damn it. Take your COVID vitamins and live a better life. We're going to get deep tonight. Uh, maybe we'll take some calls. Ed and Jim, we're going to get into all this. Ed is doing his jo job as ombudsman, already taking notes. Um, so we're, just, we're, prob <laughs> we're probably just going to jump straight into your notes, and we'll do a home front battle buddies update. And whatnot. Well, let's get Jim up here. Let's get Ed up here. That's my opener. I'm happy with that as an opener. I, you know, at least to set up the conversation for tonight. So let's uh, let's bring Jim and Snoop Dogg into the conversation. Snoop Dogg. Oh shit, they changed a bunch of shit. What's going on right now? Oh. Now we need, we need a little more light in front yeah, of us. Here, hold on. Let's just, let's, let's, I think the laptop is going to do it. All right. Good now. All right, Jim. What do you got for producer notes? Jim? All right. Sorry. <laughs> had, had to oh, we have to get a little too hard. All right. Go. I had to mute myself for the hack show. The hack job. <clears throat> Still recuperating. As you can see. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everybody smoking that street shit again. Smoking that danky dank. There we go. Then COVID meds. T dot me forward slash Adam versus man. I don't know if you know, if you've heard of Telegram. If you haven't, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm sure you have. So Telegram is the hot new thing. I've actually heard uh side note, Adam, you're always talking about this being your new source for feeds, you know, like a Facebook feed. 
but it's a more personalized feed that you only get what you want minus Facebook's brainwashing ads entourage barrage, whatever. Uh, I've actually, it's funny that you say that all the time and I don't think it was on any of your pages. I think it was completely unrelated to you. And I, I've seen at least two different people now basically making that same argument. I've created a way better feed than Facebook on Telegram. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no shit. Like the idea of creating it a feed, not just a messenger app, but like a, a news feed is really catching you know, on. Yeah, if, so it's really if cool. I make comment on that, there's this, and this is kind of related to the, the psychological COVID hysteria subject. There's a lot of shit that I've been very conscious of in my life leveling up recently that's a lot of just sort of simple letting go of stuff that we don't really, it's like, it, no, you, it, it, it we, we, it's very easy to fool us into thinking you need Facebook to tell you what's going on in the world and with your friends and family and community. And you need a grocery store to supply you with food that's processed properly and sanitized and government approved. And you need, and it's all this like, you need, you need, you need like simple shit. And it's like, like you need to eat meat. Like you need to eat three meals a day. And I know I'm going off on what sounds like a tangent here, but this has been a big thing for me. And in this last week, I, I rewatched this video called uh, vegan weight or vegan power lifter eats one meal a day world record. And he's like Dr. Amon Raw something, um, and he's he's he describes his personal health regimen of eating one vegan meal a day, and meditating and exercise and drinking tea during the day, and and it's uh it, and it's like yeah you you're oh we, yeah that's healthy it's just you you we have created this weird psychological dependency on so many things that we don't need in modern society. That you just go, no, just fucking drop it. Like dog food with the kibble. Like, well, what do we feed our dogs? Oh my God. Fucking well, the dog food. Like rip food. Like a healthy diet of food. Like cook up food. They're they don't that you can put dirt in it. They'll still fucking eat it. You know? But like uh oh, just a healthy balance of cooked, you know, ramp ramp uh, just a complete amino acid profile. Your dogs will eat and they'll be health help. Oh yeah, no shit. And they'll be better and they'll like it more. You know, like since since Joey and I started feeding our dogs real whole food and cooking for them, they're actually excited for mealtime. Like before that, oh, it's kibble. I guess I got to eat. Was their attitude by comparison? There's so much shit like that. Just so back to Telegram. Just yeah, you just what? Do, who do you want to get news from? Find it. Put it in a folder. Go look at that. It's the same thing with the browser online. You know, we could have you could have been doing this for a long time on your own. Well, I have these tabs pulled up, and it's this site, and this site, and this site. Well, you want it in newsfeed format. Telegram gives it to you. There's never been an excuse for letting Facebook tell you what's going on in the world. I'd like to inject something in here. Uh, it's been my personal observation in watching my wife, who has always been – I've been with her for over 30 years. She's always been the same way with her diet and eating the same way as I am – same way as everybody else does. And then I watched it over the past two years, I'd say, or even less than that. There's a zeitgeist out there to where she's kind of gravitated over to one meal a day and goes the rest of the day without eating. And I worried about it for the first year or so because I'm not 
doing that. Mm. I mean, I'm so constantly in the mood that I have to eat a lot and snack a lot. That's not true. Up, least, do you see me? Do I, do I slow least. down? See, again, I, I, I love your interjection. This I want to go back me. to it. I don't know. I want to go back. But I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. Well, if I'm working really hard, I got to eat all day. No. Factually incorrect. And you don't know because you've never tried it. Have you ever tried doing it? I lost weight down to a point where I got to an unhealthy weight. And then I had to consciously work to put more weight on in order to carry me through the day and, and actually function properly. Okay. I will, I won't speak okay. from experience to That's gain just my weight, personal experience, okay. but I've, I've been able to maintain and, and most, most dudes who have my level of muscle struggle just to maintain it with an old, with, with the conventional dietary mentality. Now I, I don't, and I'm, I'm maintaining it. And, and, and in some ways, better, just leaner. Well, your vitamins anyway, and supplements help, right? But you know, what, what I want to go back to what Ed was saying is that that we have these. You're you're right, and 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 I think there are other things too that are are positive dynamics, sort of in the in the timeline of COVID, right? Where uh, and some of it is some of it is from the the critical self examination that some people have taken the isolation as an opportunity for, right, or for self improvement. You know, you're talking to a guy who left in January. <laughs> yeah, you didn't go off grid for two years. You started going off grid two years ago and oh. committed to that because you're still off grid. <laughs> but just because we have just because we no, have like that's before been I got electric here. <laughs> we're still here. off grid here. Yeah. But no, no, this this bigger point you were making, though, then we'll, we'll get back to that and then we'll get back to producer notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sidebar to the sidebar, bringing it back. But there, like you were, what you were pointing out is that there's a, there's a natural tendency to swing the pendulum back to equilibrium. Nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. Your cell walls are designed to find stasis, as in stability, and chemical balance at the molecular level. So the whole three square meals a day. Yeah, I can't do that. You, yeah, yeah, you don't do that. No. You you nibble and then have like one or two big meals, right? Even I'll eat something in the morning, and then that'll take me through until late afternoon, and I'll eat something. But you don't. Yeah, that, well, that's about it. I might snack <clears throat> a little, but that's about it. In the last two years, I think in the general acceleration of the human experience, that COVID, I, I see as sort of this giant step backwards, but also a major destabilizer, like being optimistic for a minute here. Never have so many people woken up to just how divorced authority can be from reality. Oh, yeah, it's gotten right? bad enough where people are starting the, the, the to divide, The divide is worse. The people who are on the other, the people who are on the other side of the divide right. have been scared into rallying around authority. This is part of what I see in my family that's so disturbing. But there, there's at the same time people who are free from this, like your wife or like you and your lifestyle, are free to discover and experiment yeah. a, a completely better lifestyle. And this is partly a luxury that we all take for granted because none of us are rich. But you look around and you go, very few of us, even as much as I want to complain about economic shit, 
very few of us are going hungry or uh, for want of basic needs because society is so prosperous and developed overall. At least that on, we know of. Why, I mean, well, no, I see a lot of people but, okay, so the problem with homelessness. I wonder how hungry right, they it's, are. It's, it's, okay. it's mental. Where we're failing people, where there are issues of, of hunger and homelessness, there are always mental health issues. So a person without mental health issues, without a, a human being in America without severe mental health issues today can reasonably expect through social services to be able to eat and have a roof over their heads if they if they just work the system to their, yes, I want these benefits. The people who are really struggling and really failing are failures of more of the mental health care system and our potential with mental health care than failures of industriously providing enough food and enough bed and enough shelter. We have more homes than uh, empty homes than homeless people in America. I mean, you've heard that, right? But anyway, that, that's back, back to the bigger point <clears throat> and the positivity in all of this that maybe one of the ways we build people up and take them out of that fear mentality is by encouraging that freedom not to be libertarian and agree with us on everything, but to embrace a better lifestyle, specific you know empowerment. So with that, did you, did you what, what else did you want to say about your wife no. and the, the diet thing? No, that was... you, you think there are other people falling into like one meal a day kind of habits or other I kind of so. things like that? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've looked at other people, and it seems like that's where they're they're all gravitating. Are there other related trends? I don't know. No, well, not it's not really a new thing. It's intermittent fasting. It's been around a little while. I don't know. But that it's become more popular recently right. is definitely, I'm confident saying that. What Ed is suggesting is that it's part of an underlying subconscious dynamic, perhaps, that's accelerating. Yeah. yeah. Not, that, not that intermittent fasting is in and of itself new, but it's one sign of one person following her instinct rather than expectations and tradition. Right. No, I see a lot of old traditions going away and dying. You know, a lot of traditions being destroyed. Well, speaking of which, this is appropriate to transition back to producer notes. We are going to have one video we're going to show tonight, what G.I. Mary Jane and I did for Thanksgiving this year. Okay. And in terms of getting away from traditions, this is because my family's all, uh, you know, overcome with COVID hysteria and doesn't want to invite me to Thanksgiving. And I think you're fortunate. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm like, you don't have to go among the people shedding spike proteins that are going to do who, who knows what to you. All of our family Thanksgivings in the past, uh, and this is through my parents' divorce when I was 10, have been more or less typical American Thanksgivings, where it's a, a day of, of indulgence and family and that's about it right it, the american tradition is i like the idea of a feast tradition i like the idea of family gatherings those things have always appealed to me but what do you bring your family together around entertainment like shitty entertainment of nfl football or pro sports it's, it's football for thanksgiving and just an indulgent meal of eat as much as you can in a day. Like that's like, and I can't, I mean, I can, I object more to the, the football as, as bullshit. Like the, like I don't object to indulgence, 
right? Or food or, or even sweets, but I will fucking object to high fructose corn syrup. You know, I will object to processed sugar as, as, as an unnecessary, uh, as a, as a counterproductive indulgence, right? Literally football. You want to watch something that's entertaining? How about watch something that's not toxic? Something that's, that's educational and foreign. Like my family never got together and watched a documentary about something important. We watched football and it was bullshit and it was very low vibration, low value. And then I have a year where I go, you know what? I'm not doing the Thanksgiving with the family thing. And GI Mary Jane, Joey Lee and I go out and give weed away to homeless people. It was the first Thanksgiving I've ever had that was memorable. That felt like an expression of my family values, as opposed to well, we're doing this to go along with whoever's hosting this year to be doing the typical American indulgence thing. So we're gonna watch that video in uh, in a little bit here. Jim, back to producer notes, and then we're gonna get yeah. to all of Ed's. Okay, and you know, <laughs> you know, you know where we're going to watch that video on. It, it's coming to you from Adam's Odyssey channel. O-D-Y-S-E-E, -E, in case you've never heard of that Odyssey. It's not like the normal Odyssey. It's like Odyssey. Odyssey. You ought to see it. You ought to check it out. You ought to see it. Odyssey. See that? See what I did there? That's what it is. Check it out. O-D-Y-S-E-E, -E, at Adam Kokesh. Easiest thing in the world. You know the guy's name. Search him. Get connected. Watch all the shows. Watch all the shit. And uh, support the show through Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. We got all kinds of uh, levels. I don't know if you've been changing the levels recently or anything, but those levels do change. So if you go to patreon.com, you can see, you can read about the different perks of the different levels. So definitely check it out if you're interested in financially supporting the show. And one more thing. I know we owe this guy. Uh, we owe these guys, and they're great anyways. Uh, update on your garden, uh, garden of freedom there. The wind turbine you guys got connected and everything that's dope i like that video thing was whipping boys so you can you can check the video out on any other social medias but you can get your own wind turbine for your own off-grid property since, there since you mentioned it jim i want to interrupt with it yeah thank you for that wonderful plug for jay nygaard the turbine guy and go green energy online the ones who are responsible for this turbine being here um it is it is not just very cool to have another energy input source here in general when we live in a, a generally windy area but it used to be that i cursed the fucking wind all the time and i'm like you know i, I and whenever it was I'm, ah shit my materials are blowing around it's dusty and now i'm like man i can run my power tools all day off this shit so and then if it's not windy now i'm like god damn it the air is still my batteries are draining god and it's winter but no matter what, if it's windy or not, and I'm like, oh, wait, look how nice it is that it's not windy. It's sort of like transformed the windy, not windy dichotomy here. And now it's awesome on both sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah, we had some some pretty stiff wind the other day, and I looked over there, and it was moving at a good pace. And I knew with three, you different, can tell. three different yeah. generator leads out, coming out of it, it's putting some... When that thing moves at all significantly... It's crazy. I can run a power, I can run a belt sander, big screen TV, fridge, freezer, and charge everything with all the lights on at the same time. It is, it is pumping the system. It okay. is, uh, yeah, it is, yeah, awesome. My battery stay topped off. That's Good awesome. job, Jay. So, so real quick question. <laughs> yeah, we need two more. 
I was just going to ask that. Or do you plan on getting more of them and spreading them out across the property for the different things? Is that is it how much more efficient or better? I know there's pros and cons with the sunshine and the solar panels, but would you say it's better than the than the solar panels or just what do you think? You de- so it, oh man, that's a weird hard thing to compare. I don't want to get I don't want to sidebar on this too long because it's going to depend on the system. But now that I know and understand it, it's an option that I have in designing every system here. And it's going to be in at least a, I mean, I, if we find, because we want to do a bunch of one bedroom units that are going to be power independent. If there's a small turbine that has the same general properties, I'd want to put one on each of those. Um, If, uh for this tur this we for the lodge we definitely want a turbine for butler hall the way we're going to be using it we're going to want one but long term as a gym we might not need it because we're going to have you know anyway i <laughs> see stop me stop me. but yeah, yes it's a bad. lot of fun it's great okay, okay. that plus, it'll also depend on how we do in our next fundraising round yeah so Keep yeah. the donations flowing, kids. Yes. yes. Definitely. Patreon. Well, that's the it. One more quick is... reminder. Join the telegram. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. We're we're building slowly but surely. So after right after you join that T.me forward slash Adam versus the man, take a link for it and put it out on your social medias so all that your libertarian friends and anyone else can join it as well. That's the that's the last thing you gotta do after joining it. But that's it. Let's right, move on. So are you ready for the video? or? I think we are going to take calls tonight. Okay. Yeah, we are. Well, so if anybody, is anybody watching? Is anybody listening? Are we are we censored out of existence? I don't, I don't no, know. No, we got, we got nine, nine people streaming in. At least nine Ten. watching live. Uh, yeah, we're not doing comments because. But well, it doesn't Jim show me. It doesn't. It doesn't show me how many are watching on Odyssey Live. It only shows me. Yeah, Facebook. We're trying to send period. people there. So there's Let's ten people out. watching on Facebook. Everybody else on Odyssey, and I have no idea. I want to open this up for other people to share their insights and their experiences with COVID hysteria. Yeah. And I mean, here's the challenge: you want to win membership in the Producers Club up tonight has anybody gotten anyone to admit that they were wrong to take the vaccine you know he died too quick i have i, I'll, I couldn't you know. yeah right oh my god oh four months four months took got the first shot a month later got the second shot a month later was in the hospital and and then into the hospice and then he's dead so and I last I saw him, he was in the hospital. I never got to see him when he was in the hospice at all. Never got to say goodbye, no nothing. And Carl, Kenny, Mar- <laughs> Kenny Marshall know? was what? asking. He says allowing Patreons on tonight. So yeah, Kenny, uh, oh, click that link. I put the link so, up already, so it's out there. Please, yeah. Call. We'll, we'll. I mean, I, we'll put uh, priority for producer club members right now. But let's get that link out. To everybody if we just want to keep like three or four stacked up keep your i want to hit, hit, hit a few short calls tonight 
Get everybody uh, on. Come on. And, and give everybody a chance to share their critical insights on you know battling COVID hysteria, for lack of a better way of describing the subject or getting deep on it. Um, man. So let's get these two segments out of the way. We're going to do um, Homeward Battle Buddies update. Then we're going to do Thanksgiving. We're going to watch that video because it's like six and a half minutes. Uh, and we're going to sit here and get really stoned. And then we're going to start the ombudsman slash call segment and see if we get through all of Ed's notes in between callers. So Homefront Battle Buddies update. Um, it, it, we're, the hole's getting bigger uh, for Butler Hall. And this should be a quick segment this week. Um, Ed's got some great training lined up. You, you want to tell him what you secured with the two-day training? Well, I'm... It, I'm first in line, bumped up first in line in the waiting list of I'm going to be there because they got two signups that are notorious for not showing up. <laughs> so I'll be standing at the door waiting for them for uh, an assist course, which is uh, a suicide in actual hands So the, the four-hour course that we did yeah. in Bozeman was like first-level intervention of being aware, asking the question, and handing people off right. with the two-day course ed will at least be able to handle a number of cases in that and be the one who people are handed off to if not they're fine you're not he's not like he's going to be the final destination no. for anybody who's really suicidal but no. he's going to be able to handle people in the transition and and talk to them and get them to the next level and so this is a two-day course yeah. Two days face to face, put me through you know, all the ringers and all the level of functionality, all the scenarios they can come up with. A lot safer here. I'm ready for it. Hosting veterans, yeah. um, so I'm I'm really excited about that. But uh, we need so the 11th and 12th. Here's a, a big announcement, big ask for our audience here. The I well I actually I'm going to interrupt to, to to explain my next week of logistics here. Sidebar to the Home for Battle Buddies update. Uh, Saturday night, I am speaking at the Utah Libertarian Party 50th anniversary celebration in Salt Lake City. Very much looking forward to that. I Good hope job. anybody Good in job. the Salt Lake City area can join us for that. So uh, driving all day Saturday to get there and then uh, driving up to meet uh, someone who's been a big donor for Battle Buddies in the past. Um, I'll just say our friends near Spokane in the Northeast. Uh, and then if you know, you know, I don't think anybody knows about that. That's fine. Um, and then I'm visiting my dad, uh, who really is the, 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 the last fellow member of my family, like him and my stepmom, who haven't lost their minds with COVIDism, um, at least to some degree. And then uh, that's not fair to everybody in my family. But I'm, I'm very excited to get to spend some time with family who aren't saying, well, you have to get tested before you come and hang out with us. Um, so that's cool. And then uh, another donor in, in southern Utah uh, slash friend on that trip and coming back. So I'm going to be out for a week. Oh, a week. I get to take the girls with me. All three of the puppies are going to be in the back of my pickup truck. Not the bed, the back seat, the back seat. Um, very much looking forward to this road trip. And when we come back, bringing it back to Battle Buddies, December 
11 and 12, we are moving tires. We have to do this. We were gifted access to a very convenient tire pile that is basically the perfect collection of tires for us to take to do Butler Hall and, and probably have some leftovers to get started on the greenhouse maybe. Uh, we'll see. But, but to have the materials along with at least what I've got here in this tire pile, we will have the tires to do Butler Hall. And that's very exciting. We need to go get them before they change their minds, before so, we lose this opportunity. So far, there will be four of us. We're looking. Oh, we're already. We're okay. looking for a fifth and maybe a sixth if we can get. Yeah. This. Hey. Okay. If you can. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry, Ed. That About should have been the update. We have volunteer. Ed has already secured volunteers for that week because I committed. I to spoke the day. with David from Mayor today. The one with the new tools that wanted to come up on the weekend to. Yes. Yes. I spoke um, with him and told him I'm sorry that we hadn't gotten in contact with him, but we've been very busy. We've been to Montana and back, and our weekends have been really full. I told him this weekend I'm going to be you know, here, said next weekend there, then, you know. Adam's not great with email reliability, but now you have no, phone numbers. <laughs> I took care of it, smoothed it over. He said, I'm glad you called me back. Thank you. you know, thank all you. is well. I told him yes. what was going on that weekend before that, that we're going to be doing the tires, and he said yes. he's going to be for mayor, so he can meet us. In Excellent. Yeah. Meet us in Chino. So. Yeah, so, 11, so what we're in need of uh, is a box truck. Yeah. And, Still working on that one. Uh, if we absolutely have to, we'll spend a few hundred dollars and bite the bullet. And I hate to keep asking uh, because it's not that big a deal to just go rent a U-Haul box truck for a day or two. And if that's what we have to do, that's what we're going to do. But I would love to do something more sustainable and buy a truck like that for Battle Buddies, a 24 to 40 foot moving truck, box truck, utility truck type truck for moving tires and building materials. And while we're in the building phase, just porting and salvaging. Um, and, and we're going to need more tires to do the lodge and to do the greenhouse. And uh, I want more tires personally for all my other personal projects that I'll take, I'll take the battle buddies leftovers on. <laughs> uh, but for these three big battle buddies building projects in front yeah. of us, we need a big chunk of tires and other building materials, uh, moving stuff around the property, actually having a box truck, you know, you know having a mobile um, shop area, even temporarily set up in that to be able to drive around to different sites, I think right. would be very nice. A lot of utility we get out of a box truck right now. Yeah. There's one for sale for $6,500 in Prescott that actually says Veterans Moving Company on it, I think. Veterans Moving something. Yeah. I know the iron, and it's, I, I saw it on Craigslist. I saw it in person driving by. And then it's funny because I saw it in person driving by. It's yellow. So it was really eye catching. And then I saw it on Craigslist for sale for $6,500. It's like, oh my gosh, that truck is for sale. Okay. I don't have sixty five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. So we're, someone, so angel donor wants to come and buy us a box truck. Our budget thin with the corporation, and, and we can really use some help. But homefrontbattlebuddies.org. We're actually really willing to work with someone just to get this functionality. Yes. Because if someone is confident in buying the truck themselves and loaning it to us, not only can we do and pay for maintenance and upkeep. Well, I really only want this box truck critically for like the next six months. Yeah. You know, 
at that point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind sort of giving it up, but like, you know, securing it for six months. Someone wanted to buy it to us or buy it for themselves, loan it to us for the six months. You get the tax write-off of whatever we want to value that rental at. Right. As much as we legal, again, this is a place where I am not fucking with the law. No, I will talk civil disobedience all day long. All In this sense, everything <laughs> we are doing is to the letter of the law like to maintain the nonprofit <laughs> status. So you would get, uh, a, but this is one of the ways that it can work, is you would get a tax write-off yes. for donating the rental value of that truck and then fucking sell it in six months. That would, you know, like that would be amazing for us. <clears throat> and I hope there you, has to be somebody out there that works a, a job yeah. that has to pay taxes in order to work the job in order to offset those taxes. You just donate some money to us and you can get that to own a truck for now. six months and then sell pretty it. simple, pretty easy. Yeah. And I think we can commit to at least returning the $6,500 truck in the same or better shape. Probably probably end up being much better shape when we're done with it. Oh yeah. Uh, but with that, any and that's that's our big call to action. It's the um, movie. Is is it? Oh, wait, so any any nothing else with Battle Boys? We're good. Yeah, All right, we're pretty good. Then uh, let's roll tape and smoke some more weed and get on the calls. The link. Yeah. Jim will be while well, Jim is going to press play and then repost the Streamyard link into. Onto the Adam versus the Man Telegram channel. And onto Odyssey at very least those three well yeah two destinations and three channels we want to support and endorse so here it is how Joey Lee GI Mary J and I spent Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving brother Hey you smoke cannabis Hey everybody this is Adam Kokesh and GI Mary Jane and we are here in Flagstaff Arizona to celebrate Thanksgiving by sharing some gratitude so we're gonna be Handing out goodie bags. I like to call it Thanksgiving. More appropriate. To turn my brightness. Handouts for homeless people, people in need, people who are panhandling on Thanksgiving, people who don't have family to be with. So starting with free copies of Freedom, signed oh, by the author himself. Oh my gosh. Bug. We have drinks because oh, we, have, we, have, we get thirsty on Thanksgiving. We got sodas, something refreshing. We got some, some healthy waters too. Snacks are good. Uh, food bank, food, local food bank stuff we are giving new life to here. What better to do on Thanksgiving than share the wealth? A lot of homeless people in America, unfortunately, are veterans, we know. And so our veterans nonprofit, we're also inserting a little propaganda for Homefront Battle Buddies. We also have propaganda for people who may not know how to speak to police officers inside the building. Mm, know your rights. Know your rights. Very important. Support our veterans. And it's got the veteran suicide hotline. Yeah, it's a veteran suicide hotline. That's the important thing. More drug war propaganda. For Platoon 420, why would we be passing that out? Well, we've got lighters. I mean, why would we put lighters in a goodie bag? We have a handful of $3 chillum. <laughs> but you know what I'm most grateful for this Thanksgiving is how goddamn legal cannabis is i mean it's so legal it's it's not even fun to smoke anymore and as a result it's it's relatively inexpensive if you know how to find it and i'm i'm really thankful that gi mary jane was able to hook us up with some cannabis that cost us less than five dollars an eight do you got do we have we have some of that don't we what do we have here 
Oh my god, we got like a bag full of eights. I think we should put one of those in every every one of these bags. Funny thing is, this is this is like what cannabis should cost. Now, is what we're doing legal? I don't know. I don't really care. Um, definitely should be right. So what would this cost right here at a dispensary in Flagstaff? Oh, $60. Here, sixty dollars, forty to sixty. Sixty? No, 60, 40. forty to sixty dollars. We can look it up right now on the. You, uh, look, it, you look it up, but it, I this How's eighth of weed is in the like twenty to, to twenty to sixty dollar range. We're able to get it by purchasing it in a way in the free market as opposed to the the the, the red market the bloody market where you go to dispense where you pay taxes and then government uses that money for violence and to oppress people and cause more homelessness just by being conscious consumers we're able to get a really good deal so i'm thankful for that and we're going to go out and pass some of that gratitude on here to the homeless community anybody we find in need of such love and gratitude and generosity and relief perhaps hopefully on thanksgiving here in flagstaff make sure you pay it forward on thanksgiving and every day good stop no okay do you want the goodie bag though without the cannabis yeah hey what's up bro right here <laughs> well coming over man what's your situation bro Hey, no, be nice, Dugs. Yeah, Yeah, are you a pot smoker? You like weed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we got a little gift for you for Thanksgiving. There is a, there's a stack in there. there. There's an eighth of weed, and there's a little chill on. Yeah. And there's there's a lighter in there, and, uh, and, and some good information. There's some goodies in there. Bag, layer, plate. Oh, we're all done for the day. Had an awesome Thanksgiving. Got to connect with a few really great people. It's uh, easy to forget how cold it gets in Flagstaff. Yeah, I was actually surprised how many people out of the ones that we spoke to wanted hoodies. You look cold. It's you Flagstaff. Cold. It's Thanksgiving. And, and people were like, oh, yeah, another layer would be awesome. We had a guy who was a cancer patient who was like, yeah, this is going to be special relief for me. So that was cool. That's cool. We had a gentleman who uh, swears that when he was growing cannabis on a dairy farm in the 70s that he trained the ants to pick <laughs> his crops. So that was fun. <laughs> what about that last gentleman that you... Oh, no, yeah. Well, no. I mean, didn't have anywhere to go, you know, um, and it was it was kind of sad. It's hard. So while it's really fulfilling being able to help these people, it's also kind of sad and emotionally draining to realize that they're not going to be going home and sleeping somewhere warm like us, which is all the more reason to do things like this every single day in your community, not just on Thanksgiving, not just for special occasions. But try to pay it forward. And we try to do this as much as we can. And if you want to help us continue to pass the compassion, then head on over to platoon420.com backslash donate and know that your funds will be going to put warmness in the hearts of everybody that we run into as often as possible. People were pretty surprised to be like, oh, shit. And yeah. the weed? Yeah. Big smile. Yeah, by the way, there's a chillum and a lighter in there. Yes! <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank Come you, on. brother.
these to you. Have a good one. Happy Thanksgiving. There, there weren't a lot of people out because it, it is Thanksgiving, but uh, if you were a panhandler on Thanksgiving in Flagstaff in 2021, you got a free eight the weed today. Like that's pretty cool. We we took care of everybody we saw with a sign on the street everybody for the, the few hours that we were out. So that's really satisfying. Remember, guys, ask choice, not judgment. We're all together. And that was the most meaningful Thanksgiving I've ever had. Uh, and it looks like we need lights here to do the rest of the show. Uh, the one flaw in that is that, you know, we didn't get to pass out as much as we wanted to because uh, crowds were thin, but that's a good thing. But if you think about it, if you're a panhandler on Thanksgiving and you're a pot smoker, you're not panhandling because you have plenty of weed right. and, <laughs> or, money or, and or family. And, you know, so that was really uh, a game changer. And we could tell, like, for, for a couple of people. You know, whoa, oh man, that was like way too bright. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, there we go. Oh, perfect. Look at that. No, no, we had like romantic front lighting to match the candle lights behind us. Look at that. That's nice. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yeah, look at that. It really, really brings out the color in your beard. Uh, what is that? Uh, Empty, oh, empty man, $50 for an eighth around some parts here. Yeah, so, no, we, I mean, I did the math in the video, and this is driving Ed nuts. No, we got that stuff for less than $5 an eighth, the way we were able to buy gray market in bulk. And um, don't worry, we didn't we didn't give away all of it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we still, so Joey had a few bags left over um, that she's been giving away, like, while out running errands. And so, like, that's that's my thing now. Actually, um, I'm gonna be travel. Well, not I shouldn't say it's not what I'm going across state lines, but I, I'm going to always travel. I'm gonna make my own pipes though for this purpose because you want the, the, the it's an eighth of weed for me here was less than five dollars. The chillum was three dollars. That's not good. That's not. I want to make my own pipes here. I have a little drill press. Maybe I should get a proper one. Like just, just take a piece of, of, of juniper wood just and just drill two holes and, and match them. So it's a basic functional pipe, you know, disposable wooden pipe. And 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 the lighters, buy these and figure out a way to buy these in bulk online. And just already got always it. always have a few in my truck. Yeah, a thousand. And um, I, that's, that's what I do. That's now. right. I, just, I bought a... Five hundred dollars, five hundred for thirty-three dollars. When I see it, so when I see a panhandler who I can, you know, like interact with and be like, you know, verify that because some people are sort of professional panhandlers. I don't want to support that. I don't really want to subsidize that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but um, there, you know, what I'm talking about it. There are people who panhandle like oh, in LA. I know they're professionals. Nice corners. and like that's all they do, and it's because people are suckers for that. Out here, not so much a thing because there's not like rich traffic. I don't think there are any professional panhandlers in northern Arizona. I, I mean, maybe is there any like even in Flagstaff, you couldn't really make a make a better living. They're all over the place in Phoenix. But, I know that. Yeah, they're everywhere. 
Yeah, because you can work a corner in Phoenix, and if you look, if you look, if you have the right look. But you know, I don't want to be given, you know, what is this? Oh, welcome, Kenny. Thanks for calling in. Oh, we have a call. Wait. So, Jim, I messaged you from Ed. You got to look at Ed's Telegram. You got to look at the. Uh, yeah, I gotta look at uh, your telegram. <laughs> Kenny is backstage. It's so right. let's get Kenny up here and then we'll start our ombudsman. Yeah. Say, I hope they don't kill Kenny. And telling me everything <laughs> I didn't cover about COVIDism. Kenny, welcome to the show, brother. You're now, uh, you have veteran credentials as well, right? Yes, sir. You want you want to? I mean, I know I. You're gonna fuck it up if you call me sir, man. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know why do you know better, PFC, Mr. So. Marsh? <laughs> give, give us your give us your brief credentials if you don't mind. Yeah, I was um I was in the Navy station in Japan from 03 to 07 and uh, got out and moved back overseas and I've been there pretty much ever since so 16 years living abroad yeah wow. very cool story you have you have somewhere <clears throat> online people can see that you have that you have that anywhere because i know you've had you've had various businesses since then with websites but do you have yeah I've, uh, yeah I've been I've, I've been a dj i've uh been an, a professional athlete and i currently own and operate uh three three gyms um in yeah. thailand so, yeah, plenty of plenty of places to, uh, to to check me out. Excellent. So, do you? So, Thailand, how's COVID hysteria there? Yeah, that's actually why I wanted to call in. You know, I don't know if you remember about three or four months ago, you and I were texting back and forth on Telegram, and I was going to come back there and uh, hang out with you guys there in Ashwork, and um, but because of all of the policies due to COVID, it's just not worth it. I fly back to the States and stay stay with you guys, but eventually I got to come back here because this is where all my business is at. Um, some of my family's out here. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a daughter here. Yeah. And coming back is just, it's just a pain in the ass. It's like you got to do quarantine and then you got to get all these, you got to get a negative test two times in a row within 24 hours. And you got to show a, vaccine, a vaccination card. And it, it's just it's just chaos. And now they've done they've done three lockdowns the past year here. My gym was closed for six months this year. I've only been able to operate fully for about two months. And we lost 40 to 60 percent of our revenue. We lost 30 percent of our members because a lot of them, you know, they couldn't afford their gym membership anymore because the country's locked down. So they had to move back to their countries or if it's the local Thai people, their salary was cut in half so they couldn't afford it. So very, very hectic. And that's why my little small businesses on the side, you know, doing podcasts and things like that is what got me through those lockdowns. Um, we recently re back, reopened last month, but it's just, you know, you got to regain those six months that you were shut down. You know what I mean? And it's just really stressful. And now with my daughter, she's dying to go back in the state, go back to the States to see my family. Um, and I want to go back to hang out with individuals like Adam Kokesh and all the other esteemed colleagues. And it's just, I want to do it, but then it's just like, 
do I really want to hassle with the time, the money, the patience? Because I don't have much patience to deal with that bullshit. You know, I'm the type of person you know, I get to the border and you're giving me all this shit about a vaccine vaccination card or whatever, and I'm gonna lose my shit. So I just stay in my little zone. Basically, because I just can't take that tyrannical bullshit. Have you been able to travel around Thailand, like get around the way you would in your sort of regular life, errands, weekend getaways? Within Thailand. So, so basically, Thailand, they were so fixated on having zero cases, right? So they literally shut the whole country down. Nobody was able to fly in. And it was going good for a little while. Then they reopened. That they were fixated on, in, in the spirit of tonight's show, would it be accurate to rephrase that as, they used the rallying cry and the standard of zero cases as their psychological leverage point to fuck with everybody, to get in their heads, because that was their what they chose as their strategy of a leverage point. Right. And fear mongering, basically. Um, I'm pretty sure last zero cases, one case gets out, it's going to kill everybody, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think la- I think last year around March, when it first came around and not a lot of people knew about it, I'm like 95 percent sure that I got it. Um, and I just, you know, went to bed, slept a lot, drank a lot of fluids. Um, and then later on, then they were talking about, oh, these are the symptoms that you'll have if you have it. And I was like, yeah, I probably had it. And that even gave me more motivation to not want to get vaccinated because I'm like, I already have the antibodies. So what really pisses me off is now they're trying to still force people to get vaccinated, even though you've already had COVID. How does that make sense? So you're saying that this vaccine that doesn't work is better than my natural antibodies. And it it just, it just blows my mind. Stop you there because I want to stop myself from one of the psychological traps for us as skeptics of COVID is that it it is a mythology based on a couple fundamental false assumptions. I mean, that that, that COVID is more of a threat than it really is, that the authorities can be trusted, you know, but we could spend hours and hours and hours, and I did this with Adam versus the Man as a Daily Show, pointing out, well, this contradiction, and this doesn't add up, and this doesn't make sense. And it's almost granting the premises of the assumptions or missing the point of, no, strike the root. Like, one one of the big fundamental things is you can, you don't have a right to mitigate your own risk. You should be controlling other people. You know, just like you don't have the patience i'm i'm finally at that point too and part of it is with my family of saying like no i'm I'm not gonna play make-believe with you guys anymore it's dangerous it's hurting people yeah oh exactly um my my family split my dad ironically is very uh you know get all the vaccines get as many boosters as you can save yourself you might die 
My mom, on the other hand, is very natural remedy type. Take your vitamins and herbs and eat naturally. Um, and I never, because of my mom's philosophy growing up as a kid, I, I don't remember ever going to the doctor ever other than like a broken bone or something like that, something really serious. Um, and I've just always adopted that throughout my whole life. And you, you remember Adam, when we were in the military, we had to line up and get five shots in one day because we didn't have a choice, right. you know, and, and you didn't question, you didn't even know what they were injecting in you. They were just like, Oh, this is good for you. You need to take this. Oh, okay. You know, and, and people, the argument like for the COVID vaccines, well, you were in the military, you got vaccinated, didn't you? It was like, yeah, I'm so vaccinated. I glow in the dark just because we did it. Well, like the, the, the I, I want to every time go directly to the logical fallacy, but like, it's, it's, it's too much. Like just because it was done once in the past doesn't mean it's good to do it now. Like that is like, do we, people have, been have, have become so overcome with hysteria as to have just abandoned basic rationality basic logic just because mm -hmm. you can't even so what's your insight how how do we address that fundamental irrationality how do we pull as many people out of babylon before it crumbles and, and, and crushes them well i want to say that i appreciate your commentary earlier where you were talking about a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle that that's the basics right there if you don't have a healthy lifestyle and a healthy diet it doesn't matter how many vaccines you get or how many times you go visit the doctor or how many prescription drugs you take it, it, it doesn't it's irrelevant right you're taking one step forward and taking three steps back so that's what i tell I'm, in my profession I'm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach and you know and it's what i do and I always tell my clients, I say, worry about what you put in your body first before what you may or may not be forced to put in your body. You have Absolutely. control. Say again. Abs are made in the kitchen. You tell clients that. Oh, for sure. A diet diet is 60 to 70 percent of the battle. And. You know, and, and I just tell them, you know, when I thought when I'm when I got COVID, which I'm pretty sure that I did, um, if I wasn't as, as strong as I was and as healthy as I was, yeah, I probably would have got a little bit more sicker. I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But the fact that I'm always preparing my body for whatever might come, it's not just COVID. It's anything, anything controlling my blood sugar, controlling you know, what I put in my body that may be processed or whatever, which then may cause me to get cancer, you know, whatever it may be. I'm always preparing my body for whatever may come because this is the vessel that takes us through this life. We only got one chance. This this body that we're in, we're blessed with it and we have to take advantage of what we're blessed with and utilize it to its fullest extent. You know, and when you damage your body, you damage that gift. You know, and that's what I tell my clients all the time. You see their eyes pop open and they're like, oh, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, because you're so consumed with negativity. You're consumed with how hard your job is and how hard your life is. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to you don't know how you're going to pay your bills next month. And 
all this negativity? Where's the positivity? That's such a beautiful gift to be able to share with someone through fitness because people are unfit because they are unfit in their perspective. And this is, Ed, write this down for battle buddies. This, this is this is probably, Ed and I have been brainstorming a lot about um, how I want to be the fitness coach for Homefront Battle Buddies, essentially. And, and you know, we're also going to do a lot of shit with Kugel sticks. Um, but uh, what you just said about giving people that that perspective and, and that gratitude and that appreciation, that's so important. And I wonder, because in, in to, back to Ed's point from our conversation this morning about, well, fuck them if they want to stay in Babylon. Let them, let them stay. You know, I'm gonna, if they're gonna die, I will shed a tear, but I will be over here surviving and thriving while they are struggling in Babylon. When I see, and and, and this is, I'm this is where I'm gonna get this, this, this scary personal for me. This people in my family who have been overweight, significantly overweight for significant portions of their lives, and are and 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 part of it is like. Pearls before swine, you really like honeys or, or what is it? Uh, bees don't waste time explaining to flies that honey tastes better than shit. You know, like do you, do do I do I really care? And I and and it's it's I'm not ready to detach as well as Ed has from my sentiment sentimental attachment to family. But if I have people in my life who just really for whatever reason, have decided they don't care about being alive enough to live well, be healthy, take care of their bodies, or even just with a lazy eye to longevity. Like none of them, like the people in my family who are given the gift of life and spend a good chunk of it watching TV, I don't think any of them have even sat down and thought, well, you know what? I really like being alive and watching TV. I'm going to research how I can spend as many years on earth being alive and watching TV and let me like eat and exercise as little as possible while I'm watching TV to get as much TV watching out of this life experience. So it is an abandonment fundamentally of living well and appreciating the gift of your body and, and what it means to be alive. Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, if you don't have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have a question for Kenny. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, sir. Tell me, do you feel safer over there where you are? You feel you and your your child is safer there, or would you feel you and your child would be safer if you came over here? Well, that's a very good question. Um, well, if I was staying with Adam Kokesh, I would feel very safe. <laughs> but, um, but if I was out in society. Uh, I would probably be a little bit more careful um, just because uh, from what I know and what I've saw that the cases are, are much higher as compared to here. Um, Thailand has spent so much time and energy trying to keep the cases so low that they are low. Um, but of course, the negative side of that is of, of the effect of the economy here and people have lost their jobs and et cetera, where in the States, like I'm actually from Arizona. That's where I was born and raised. So on the flip side of that in Arizona, from what I know, maybe you guys can correct me because I don't I'm not currently there. But Arizona is more of a non mandate state. Right. So more or less businesses are still open and doing their thing, uh, which I appreciate. 
but I think if I were back there, I would probably be a little bit more cautious. I'm not really cautious here. I pretty much do whatever I want just because I know like COVID is not really like, as far as cases are concerned, it's not really an issue. Um, so yeah, I'll probably be more cautious, but as far as safer, I mean, as far as my daughter's concerned, it's pretty much well proven that when kids get it, they're not really affected by it at all. Um, they usually, it's just like a cold or whatever. Yeah. Well, see, Adam brings up a good point. You know, when he says clarify safer from the virus or safer from government or from vaccine yes, the, transmissible side effects, which may be as, as which could be as, as mild as people who have gotten the vaccine just don't take good care of themselves and are more likely to get regular cold and flu. So like they've marked them by saying I'm vaccinated. They're saying, I don't, I don't think about my health for myself. I trust authorities and therefore are more likely to, you know, carry cold and flu viruses. So you've got or, uh, all the way up to they're shedding RNA modifiers that are going to fuck you up forever and make everybody infertile, whether you got vaccinated or not, I, which I don't believe. Um, but that'll get me banned on YouTube for even joking about. Um, uh, then you got so you got the virus itself, you got the cluster of vaccine effects, and you got government. You know, in terms of do you feel safe? I think se three separate questions about this. Um, you know, Thai, Thai people in general and Thai society in most of Asia, as a matter of fact, um, I used to spend a lot of time in Singapore, which I haven't since COVID, but Singapore, they're on a different level. Um, to even enter the country, you've got to get a certain vaccine from Europe only. You can't get anything from the States or from anywhere else. They've done like completely total lockdown in Singapore to like, like you can't even go to restaurants without uh, providing a vac vaccination card. They've taken it to a whole nother level of tyranny in Singapore. Um, in Thailand, th there's some general hysteria and fear mongering for sure. Most Thai people have, are, are rushing in to get their jabs and stuff like that. But you're still able to move freely, you know, for the most part. You can still go to restaurants and gyms and things like that. I've had a few encounters here where people are like, oh, can you um, show me a vaccine card and Usually I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fully vaccinated. They're like, OK, you know, I don't show shit. They just kind of it's kind of a lackadaisical culture here in Thailand where it's like they have that lost face. You know, it's a Buddhist country. Right. So Buddhism, they, they tend to be more like, you know, hey, please, I don't want to upset you. And, you know, just have a nice day kind of mentality. Um, yeah. yeah well, the, so main reason I asked you is because. My understanding is that Africa had such a low response rate to this supposed COVID malady because uh, back in 2012, they had a massive ivermectin program in order to uh, wipe out malaria on the continent, which was successful. And they had been able to use it so well and it was a common thing. It was available very cheaply. They were using it, and they were not impacted by this, whatever it was that has been released upon the world. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, I, I know personally probably about 
half a dozen people that uh, that were not vaccinated that got COVID and went straight to um, ivermectin and a few other natural, you know, herbal remedies, and they recovered within three days. Personally, I know. So the fact, you know, when people uh, ask me like, hey, you know, hey, Kenny, why do you why are you so resistant? You know, that's the word they like to use. Why are you so rebellious and resistant? And I say, well, I would be open to anything because I'm agnostic for most things in my life. And I, I would, you know, be open to your suggestions. But my problem is as soon as the government and media start uh, basically shadow banning and, you know, taking doctors off of YouTube who have came out and said, what are we doing here? As soon as you silence people and take drugs away that are healthy for you and have proven to be successful, that's an issue for me. That's a big issue. Yeah. So therefore, I am now, yes, according to your words, resistant. That is correct. Because you have, as in you know, the media and the government, have shown your inconsistency and dishonesty. Well, that gets to a critical part of maybe the, the difference we take for granted. Maybe it's, it is sort of a factual understanding that, that, and this is obviously part of it to what extent, that are not our general on COVID might not the censorship been happening you know they're they're tv watchers they're mainstream media consumers and maybe this is the reason we really have to fight for this the the, the relevancy of independent media you know we have to maybe independent media maybe this is the moment maybe this is part of the solution or coming out of this with positive momentum is that covid and covid censorship can be a unifier for independent media to come together and under the banner independent media as is the ones who are uh, at least where you'll find the truth on COVID, whereas you know you won't get it from the mainstream. So anyway, we got to get uh, to Ed's notes here. He's got a lot of notes. He's going to tell you at the end of the show everything you got wrong, too. So, Kenny, any, any final <laughs> thoughts, sir? No, uh, just Adam, thanks for bringing me on and uh, keep up the good fight. And I've been a Patreon now for six or seven months and happy to donate to the cause and to the, and to the fight. And I will be there soon enough. So make sure you keep a, uh, an empty space for me to crash and have a, have, have some good, uh, good conversations and, and stuff like that. It's definitely on my to-do list. So looking forward to that. You know what? The, the, the new black market, the new smuggling market might be smuggling people past COVID protocols just to trap. <laughs> All I've right. been searching. I've, you, been, I've been doing my research. All right. Let's see. Fred Gran. Uh, bravo, Kenny. Thank you on Twitch. All right. So, Ed, uh, what, what, what are your ombudsman notes here? Uh, you were taking it from like I got three minutes into my actual monologue and, and he, ooh, I saw his eyes get big and the pen moving enthusiastically. Jim should be up here for this too. Come on up, Jim. Come on. 
Good evening, all my friends out there. Uh, I started writing when Adam came up with a four-word phrase that just hit me out there. It's like, man, I love the sound of that. It has a good ring to it. Toxic mentality of COVID hysteria. Like, wow, beautiful. I like the way that sounds. It's a shame that you didn't really, to me, touch on the base issue that generates the toxic mentality of all of the COVID hysteria. And that is, it is due to no dependable authority. Okay? There's a lack of confidence in authority. It's been building since they stole the election. It's been building even worse since they said just two weeks to bend the curb and you'll be fine and before you know it everybody's sick dying dead or scared shitless of being poked with something that you know when i start out myself they say why are you so, so resistant to being vaccinated i say well to begin with it killed all the test animals <laughs> okay <laughs> When they started this thing, it killed all the test animals, but they were so scared that they needed something. Well, I, I skip that. You're except so you're accepting <laughs> a false burden of proof. If someone says you should get the vaccine, why aren't you getting it? You don't have to explain the negative. We should stand firm on not having to explain the negative. And just say, I don't buy the reasons, and I don't think the people giving them have any credibility because they've lied so damn much. You go straight to that point. I don't think you – I think you, if you've already retreated when you, when you start explaining the uh, why on the negative. But to your bigger point, um, what was it on, on the, the toxic mentality of COVID hysteria? Uh, it, it, there's – there's the projection of that, which makes it talk, which makes it toxic. Uh, but I, I think you're getting at a, another way out of this. What was the next thing you said? Well, next thing I've written on my notes is that the, the, the government reaction to COVID is worse is that, than the supposed disease. That yeah, like we've been saying from the beginning, that the cure will be worse than the disease when we do the math. Certainly, we have been proven right on that central point that we hammered over and over again. But it, it occurred to me, you're, you're suggesting that a crisis in authority, right? Or a crisis in confidence in authority is there causing is no authority to be more afraid and more uncertain and, and, and therefore somehow more rallying around authority or just this morning. Just this morning. Rallying around fear itself. First thing I saw this morning, the first thing I saw when I jumped online to see what the world has to offer for me today. Da -da 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 Dateline, Greece. Everybody over the age of 60, it's mandatory that you get a shot or you have to pay 100 euros a month to the government and then it's the okay. You don't have to have the shot. Alive and it's like, uh, what? You know, when it gets to the point, okay, when you have to be injected with whatever this is in order to to be euthanized. Okay? We will not put you to death unless you let us put this in your body first. What is that's 
That's beyond the bounds of reality as far as I'm concerned, which points out my next thing I have written down here is, is the true reality versus mainstream's idea of reality. You know, when this I think of those two, those, that, about, this dichotomy here is so much like Adam and I sitting here. I feel like we are sitting in one of the hovercraft in Zion. We've been unplugged from the Matrix and flushed through. We're cleaned out and everything. And we're in the real world trying to transmit into the Matrix out there. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, that's the way I yeah, feel about this. Is deeper than it I really, suggesting. oh no, it, it, it's 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 slapping me in the face. You know, the people who are on that fear. side of of this are either being killed or like sucked into pink goo matrix pods. Fear versus where, where they can't hear us anymore. They can't even hear. And this, so this is this is true. This rings true too to like my family experience, in that they used to respect. Like, by most academic metrics, um, I'm either I, I'm I'm and my family's a lot of really smart academic people. I got that. Yeah. I don't think, and I'm trying to be precise so it doesn't. I want to say erudite, okay? Well-read academic. I want to say erudite. Pretty okay? smart. Erudite. And, and and they're they're the kind of people who were. My family academically, you rose up to erudition, but you diverged somewhere and it pissed them off. Okay? No, no, that's no, no, it's not that kind of, but whatever it is, maybe no, but it's, it's more specific to COVID. And part of it is lifestyle, yeah. But um, my family is full of the kind of assholes who at age 39 still remember they got 800 on the SATs for math, which is a perfect score, and pretty damn close 99th plus percentile, 760 verbal on the SATs. I don't think anybody in my family beat me on on, on that. Um, and sticking in their car. And and okay. they used to like respect my opinion. Not when it comes to COVID. You diverged from the mainstream they, too far. Even about even about okay. government, they respected You're starting to sound like Alex Jones COVID, not at all. Like we could debate government in general. We could have an intellectual discussion. It was relatively respectful. They learned. They thought. They were open-minded. They they absorbed the libertarian position. Their reasons for not being libertarian were were fundamental and respectable, you know. And yeah. and and only sort of intellectually inconsistent on one fundamental point, as opposed to, you know, all over the place with with most unthinking statists. Now on COVID, my family has turned into being like most unthinking statists where everything is met with some logical, some obvious logical fallacy or dismissiveness. Uh, it's usually often an appeal to authority or like my mom says, just be reasonable. This is reasonable. It's reasonable that if you're not vaccinated, you get tested. It's like reasonable according to who? According to what principles? According to what data? From whom? Really? And, and and she won't even get to that point in the conversation. Anyway, next. Do we have, we have any callers? I'm, we're we're yeah. happy to interrupt Ed's list of things I'm wrong about. Um, I won't say that there are things you're wrong about. I'm just pointing no, these out, are good points. Oh, pointing out observations of my own that are just generated listening to your rants and what's going on. So I think together I mean, with this show, we're I don't like to interrupt you and interrupt your flow <laughs> of what's going on. 
just kind of you know you'll get your time. The ombudsman always gets the last word. You know, back to the back to COVID or whatever it is. You know, fear versus paranoia. Paranoia is unreasonable fear. Okay, so unreasonable fear versus paranoia. That I'd probably be on more on the paranoia side. But when it comes to reasonable fears versus paranoia, I've I've watched them frame metal in the sky above them, above us for their purposes. And I know those metals being aluminum and strontium and things that are bad for us that are spreading out into layers and then falling on us and we're breathing them and we're eating the vegetables and fruits that are grown with the stuff falling on there. They have a slow kill here. Okay. When we have a lack of dependable authority, we tend to choose our own authorities and we try and choose them wisely from the arenas of science and academia that have been in place for a long period of time. So, you know, I floated towards Mike Adams and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and uh, you already you knew know, people to not you know, trust Dr. Fauci before you ever knew his name around COVID because the guy who has that title is a fucking liar. And you already knew it. Whatever head of you, you just knew that guy is going to be in the pocket of Big Pharma. I love these memes, but they don't seem to have any impact where it's like Moderna, CEO, former FDA, whatever the fuck. And it's like, yeah. I see the slow kill of the chemtrails wasn't fast enough for him, so they were working with this other stuff and listening to those people who I hear in authority. So so, I wonder, is it uh, uh, is the shot a faster slow kill or is it a slightly slower fast yeah kill? so okay one of ed's theories that he i want to go back to this that you you shared with me this morning okay if i understand it and i'm i don't, I, don't I, I think you're just saying it's a possibility yeah. that which the, the, <laughs> the, the, the the people in the super class who are intent on population control are doing it as fast as they can get away with Right, right. Is it, so it, and and you see that obviously you're I, you do you say do you suggest that that is the dominant policy determinant of how much genocide is happening in the world is they are killing as many people as they can as long as the fish are flowing in your net you don't close the net you wait till you get as many fish as you can in the net and then you close the net all right what. So they're just saying, so just like with war. If you're you're collecting animals in a pen, as long as they're still coming into the pen, you can still get them in the pen. You don't close the pen. You don't close the pen until they stop coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is the motive, what I'm asking really is, is the bigger motivation to kill everyone? To get a population down to like a billion or half a billion people, or is it more like, we're going to fuck with things in order to get richer and increase our control, and we don't care if we kill a few million or a few billion in the, the process. Say, come and see, we, come hope, we we actually, you know, we it's just a means to an end for us. We're more controlled about... We, we'd rather be in charge of three billion people than sort of loosely in charge of eight billion people. You know, like it's somewhere on that scale. Our D- George Guidestone says 500,000. And I wouldn't doubt it if that's what they're aiming at. But okay? do you, they, 
all of them. I told you this morning, I started out, I said, you don't release something on the general public unless you have the antidote for yourself and those you love. Or it's not that big a deal. That's why they're more inclined to use the vaccine. Those, those that I consider, violence. those that I consider as authorities, call this a bioweapon, an engineered bioweapon, and they say America <laughs> is under. Uh, Mike you know, Adams, you take it from <laughs> not just Mike Adams. Yeah. It's several. Okay. Ed, you should watch. Mike you should watch uh, Stargate SG One episode called Twenty Ten. Uh, it, it's fascinating because the the uh, it's a star show, universal type shit, whatever. I'll, I'll try not to make it too long, but it's fascinating because they cover it in two different episodes from two different angles. And basically what happens is an alien civilization makes contact with Earth secretly, yada, yada, and they offer technologies that seem to extend the life of humans and they do a bunch of favors for people and then they then long story short they come out with this vaccine that ends up uh making the world sterile and the the long the long generational story of it was the aliens were on a long game and they took over planets this way by depopulating them and then they turned the entire planet into a farm planet for their bigger universal civilization that makes sense See, the, the whole other variable dimension in this is even if the vaccine's not killing people and there's such a patchwork of them now, which batch did you get? Which company? Which version? The one shot or the two shot? The one that's good for six months or nine months? I mean, it's all that insanity, but that it might not even be about immediate side effects or death. It might be their longer game, their plane of sterilization. And to them, that's compassionate. You know, we'll trick all the dumb ones into being sterile. Anybody that can be tricked into sterilizing themselves voluntarily it, by getting a shot. It's possible without the aliens to take the aliens out of it. It's possible that the, this is a unique time in history. We always have to remember that we have technology now that never existed throughout history. So maybe the elites decided, okay, now we can actually rid ourselves of 95% of the population and only have people that are hardcore, exactly who we know are going to be in the club and, and do things the way we want to do things. And then they can rebuild their civilization uh, in a futuristic Jetson type shit, but they know they don't have to deal with any vagrants in the process because that'd be too much. Like, like I go off the sensationalistic deep end that people would call tin fat foil hat territory that, well, they're coming for us next. <laughs> you know, like something's going <laughs> on, man. Anyway, what's next, Ed? Well, the last thing I have on here was you were you were talking about how do we get to them? How do we get to them? How do we get to those that we just, you know, they're so hard-headed or they're so ingrained or they're so whatever. The question more, Adam, is are you wasting the time that you could use to get to three people successfully on unsuccessfully getting to the one? And to your point about that, you, you're talking about partly building the Juniper Wood Ranch homestead community, encouraging people to buy land and move and live off-grid, right? Or in their own place, their own way, doing it. No, I was thinking more of the Marine they can interview. 
he truly tried hard to open his eyes and get him to admit that he was just as wrong in his time as you were like being in the stands of some far off country right. and he couldn't do it. He could not do it because he was a product of a different generation. Okay. He was the product of the generation before mine, even, in that my my father was a silver star, you know, awarded silver star in Korea for, for meritorious action, whereas his father probably died in World War Two, and he was so it was so ingrained in him that he didn't want to hear turn the other. This chief. is some he wanted to, Lieutenant he wanted to die a, a warrior in a battle like his daddy did, and there was nothing that's going to change him, not even the idea of the salvation of Christ. And they can't do war, so they're doing COVID now instead. They're going along, get along. That sounded just you know, like the guy you did a video with, Adam, the uh, the Vietnam Marine against the Iraq Marine that you put up on Odyssey. That guy said the same thing. He said, I want to die in battle, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he believed it. And I understood it. You know, it was kind of like my dad's thing is, is I think he was sad that he didn't die over there. And the horrific things that he did, he had to live with for the rest of his life, which I never got him to speak a word of it. Only people who never learn how to fuck want to fight more than they want to fuck. And maybe you got to get old and good at fucking to like accept that, or you got to be bad at fighting. But yeah, it's it's love over conflict. Make love, not war. It's really that simple. And in some ways, we're just not very good at making love as a society. We just saw like a lot of obvious physical ways we kind of suck at it. But man, that's like, how do you, that's a fun, you're breaking people out of the conflict mentality to a love mentality. And with COVID, it's like, you know, what is the opposite of hate, right? Or what is the opposite of love? It's not hate, it's fear. Because love is a fundamental universal of of togetherness of of attraction of of unification of bringing elements together right and fear is the application of consciousness to see a potential of a negative outcome and therefore separate things and so the opposite of love is not hate the opposite of love is fear the force that drives separateness and you know, maybe maybe that's what it is, but it, I don't know. We've got a lot of good answers and angles. You know, a lot of good insights out of this conversation. You know, how do you snap people out of that fear mentality to to, to choose love over fear fundamentally? Uh, how do we do that most effectively right now? I don't know. I have a lot of love them first. I have a lot of answers. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of answers that, that I'm applying in, in my life and my message. Um, but yeah, that's what it comes down it's to. Some, it's, it, it feels and seems and even sounds impractical and impossible, but it really is true. And that was one of Jesus's most basic messages is love a person first and love them unconditionally. If you're able to bring yourself to actually do that for other human beings, that's where miraculous change comes in miracles people that can, doesn't mean relate to them that's just on an in on a personal one-on-one or or, or or accept abuse 
and that's another temptation in that right now. But to see, to be able to love unconditionally, to see past bad behavior or ideas or ignorance, and love the core of who someone is. Right now, in my family, to me, that means telling bold truths when it when when things come up and telling them like, look. I'm, I'm not going to play make-believe anymore because it's hurting people. Like, and I can be, I'm finally ready to say that with love and from a place of centeredness and confidence where like I wasn't until recently. Cause I just, I didn't work through enough of that intellectually myself to just get to that simple messaging and have confidence in it and say, this is out of love and, and compassion. Uh, but I'm not playing make-believe anymore because it's hurting people. I'm, I'm not going to play along with that, and neither should you. And if you want to know why, I'm here to help. But otherwise, if you're going to if you're going to kick and scream whenever I try to pull you out of Babylon, you stay in Babylon. And I'll cry when you die. He said in John, "A new commandment I give you: love one another as I have loved you." Now, this is what he said to. The disciples that he had just spent two years teaching and loving. So if we were all to treat each other the way Christ, Christ treated his disciples, then imagine the world that we would be living in today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Jim, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I don't, without opening up can of worms, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge subject. It feels endless, but it is the conversation that needs had. And, you know, even like in your personal situation, not to touch too closely on it. Uh, you know, I guess you're, I feel like you're right to allow the distance or whatever, like you're, you're, it, it, if it hurts or not, you're you're choosing to allow their banishment of your personal company. You know what I mean? You're not going to physically go there and try to crash the party, which is obviously good. But I don't know. I don't right. know what I'm trying to say here. It's just we, we have to do something. We can't all just retreat and build our own personal homes and forget about everything around us. You know what I mean? You know. Well, I, I the one the one thing. I, I mean, I could share in turning because you, you you say love, well, duh. <laughs> you know, how do you apply right. that in the real world and the situations that we're talking about? And there's some obvious things that we've talked about in this podcast that are in line with that. Obviously, uh, part of it though is you know loving yourself, right, and standing for truth and principle, and doing so in a loving way with confidence. And, and like I said, I haven't been able to until recently. I think uh, just sort of standing your ground at this point, you know, and saying, look, I love you. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Like, I, as far as I can tell, you're being irrational. This is my position. I'm not playing make-believe anymore. I'm not going along with this because it's destructive of certain people. It's, it's undeniable at this point until like, and, and, this is like the power of no. If enough of us just calmly, respectfully, lovingly say no. And it end up for what we believe. And and it's it's a little easier for people like me and Ed living off grid to say because 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 <laughs> I, I imagine this, I've been I've been sympathizing with 
people like who think like us would still live in cities right now, right? Because for us, we can say, you know what? They can go to whatever fucking level of COVID hysteria they want un until they're raiding homes to inject people out here. We're, it doesn't really affect us much. Like, I mean, like we're, we're, we're going to be able if, if you, you want to join us, please join us. Please, please join us. Like, build my personal homestead community. Help us build the Battle Buddies community here. Help us build the larger homestead area community of Juniperwood Ranch, the Ashford Bowl area, everything between Williams and Seligman and, and part of this, you know, greater homesteading community of, of uh, North West Mountain, Arizona, right? Region, the, the Grand Canyon, the Prescott area, the Williams, Seligman. I'm not counting Kingman because that's, 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 that's Flagstaff, no, that's too cold. But this area, come here. Come here and homestead be part of this community. Um, I'm just a weather snob. Um, but this is a great place for a lot of reasons, you know, support people doing that because I imagine that it's it's easy for people like you and me to, to draw those lines and and cut out Babel, whereas for them they really are on the teat, and and it's scary to think well if shit hits the fan and stuff starts getting to be it's, required I might have to go camping. It's deeper than that, Adam. It goes deeper than that. All of my life, being a Virgo and sign of service being an adept, knowledgeable person with every tool that you can own and know how to use them all. I have been in maintenance, not only professionally, but everybody I've known, anybody that needed help, they would call me up and I'd help them out nine times out of 10. And I held up society or Babylon, as you call it, until it got to the point where it not only wouldn't listen to the truth that I had to tell it, but it wanted to dishonor me for trying to tell the truth. So I did the best thing that I could in this situation. My personal book says, you know, as a man thinketh, so shall he be. Okay. Whatever you think about, whatever you involve your life in, Whatever you put your life's energy into, you manifest, you make, a lot. you make it happen, you make it real, you make it manifest, okay? Well, in order to crash Babylon, I know the best way to do it is to extract myself and my support and my maintenance of the stupid asses that wouldn't listen to what the hell was going on. Thanks I extracted myself to it, and I've watched them crumble here and there, left and right, because they need help. And it's like, sorry, I don't live three, four you hours know, I, away, and I can't help you, and I'm done, and bye. La, 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 la. More, the more I put my, my energies into helping veterans and saving lives and working with Adam and you, pulling up sagebrush, okay, I don't think about them, and I don't give them any power, and they get lesser and lesser. They'll crumble more. You all out there, join in, think less and less about it, contribute less and less to it, get the hell away from it, and it will crumble and go away. So, I, Ed, I, I just want to point out, I realized recently, too, that your homesteading experience is really of the last two years and going from zero to 80, right? Yeah. Whereas 
for me, it's been slow ramp up to 180 over five or six years now. Six years uh, in March next year. Yeah. Five and a half years I've been here. You got more buildings than I do. That's why I'm yeah, here. Right. not over there. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got another one on, on the way, at least uh, ordered and building and yeah, a bunch of other stuff in the works. It's very exciting. Uh, but I, you've been studying this. And I always appreciate that, like with seeds and plants and gardening, for example, and a lot of stuff you've done, you have way more experience than me, but you still only made the leap finally two years ago. And it was something around then that really motivated you, you know, and, and that's, that this, that that's powerful. I, I want you to be able to convey that to people because for me, it was as much the dream of this part of the, this is what the American dream should be is buy raw land and build it up from scratch. And you, build your home and you build your family. You know, I've been concentrating on trying to get off grid for 25 to 30 years. I mean, it took that long before I finally got a piece of land. So this, and this, then I was able to really get off grid. It was yeah. more escaping Babylon than, you know, wanting it to crumble. So someone, someone give you a kick in the ass and you're just like, all right, well, I got enough resources. Now we're going to do it with whatever I got. All right. So the reason I point that out is that a shout out to the producers club. There was a conversation there earlier today that we discussed this morning where someone said, well, we need a, a networks and alliances. No, you need, you need like $5,000 buy a piece of land. You need like $5,000 for an RV. You need $5,000 for a reliable vehicle. You need $5,000 in equipment. And maybe five thousand dollars reserves or some kind of income, like, and you got twenty five thousand dollars. That or the equivalent of making that should happen, very reasonable. And I, I'm not saying, oh, I'm good for like, I'm not saying privilege. I'm not saying privilege shit here. I'm saying that if you're capable of living this lifestyle, you better be capable of having the discipline and knowing this. And Ed, I'll bet you wish you did it earlier, right? Because you could have done it. And, well, and, if, and the, if the property had come up earlier, I would. There's always been property. There's always been property. That's another excuse. There's always been property. So this is it. We need networks and alliances. No, you don't. I already have that. I married a woman with four kids: seven, eight, nine, and eleven. I raised all four of them kids. Then I started raising their grandkids. And after raising half of them, then I got out. Okay, there's a big difference there. I was damn busy, and when I finally got this piece of property, I got five acres for $1,250. So you, you knew for less. You knew for less. But make that make that switch. Make that commitment mentally and know that it's like – Yeah. I, like, I, I feel like I need to be a homesteading coach for people just to bat away their stupid excuses and explain <laughs> basic shit. Like, because I had two major gaps in my knowledge. Like, well, how do you buy land? not that hard and if you're check, overweight check. if you're overweight it's great because i lost 65 pounds in the first nine months yeah i i mean <laughs> but there's people have like well i can't go off grid until i have networks and alliances for what i mean we, we have that yeah stop making excuses so many excuses so many shitty excuses uh how do i well i don't know how i'm gonna get google that shit not hard to pick. that's 
like all the skills and I hate to plug YouTube, but they, they, they have no excuse for censoring just practical knowledge. It's all there. How do I heat my home with manure? How do I heat my greenhouse and heat my water for my house? How do I install a wood burning stove? How do I butcher it? Whatever the fuck. I don't want to do that. How do I eat a healthy vegan diet the, with shit that I grow on myself? And I'm not, I'm not trying to preach from I'm doing it great because I'm still on that journey. And a lot of this is stuff I've committed to recently. But um, one of my goals with, with um, my daily routine of, of meditation and one vegan meal a day is to be cooking 90% or to be producing 90% of the calories of that one vegan meal here at home and and to, to not even be dependent on the other 10% for it to be like, you know, spices or salad dressing. Even then, I want to make, this time I make next year, it myself. This time next year, you're going to be giving vegetables away. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, maybe pressed oils. Things, things like that that I could make here, but I probably I won't. Already. But eventually, eventually, you know what? Eventually, why not? Like everything except electronics. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point, and I, it feels really good. It feels real. Like I, I, Chicken I got, I the got there. You know what? And my story is that I got there five. I got there when I got out of the Marine Corps. I got there with the most important part, which is my labor. I took my labor out of the system. Since I got out of the Marine Corps, I have not worked for the man. I have not worked a bullshit corporate job at all. Um, totally. Yeah, right. Um, and then the next thing was with my lifestyle and being on the road, I stopped paying rent. Right. Uh, and, and, then I, and then I bought land and I stopped Paying for the cost of living on the road. I saw what your taxes have been paid the last five years today. Yeah, that makes me feel so good. And then, and then I bought this land here five five and a half years ago, and I I wanted to get there for I mean I got there for energy independence mostly with solar. I rely on the generator too much, and that's that's bad financial management and investing. I'm I'm heat independent with the wood burning stove. Uh, at least for the cabin, if not for all my my guest facilities here, um, Ed still has to heat with propane for the. But it's still very efficient. It's still like, I mean, compared right. to heat, compared to heating a Babylonian McMansion, it's insignificant. Um, but I'm I'm I, I think it was a few months ago, you know, I realized I was disoriented. I was off center in a lot of ways with my self care and my daily routine. Um, for my personal history relationship reasons and, you know, was in a good position and just got, got all that locked on. And one of the side effects, you know, back to the theme of just letting the negativity go is it's replaced with positivity and good stuff. Well, what am I going to watch when I stop watching, stop watching fucking football. Watching I know what contributed. I know what contributed to it. The app. You went from a daily show to a weekly show. No, it was the app. I could have. Well, that's part okay. of it. No, no. You, put, you were just slicking it back on Wednesday before the show. <laughs> and no, the rest of the week, you were pretty much well no, no, just I'm, I'm more committed to a daily routine. If, if there was the market demand for me to do a daily <laughs> show, I would do a daily show. I would love okay. it. 
I'd be and I'd be yeah. happy fitting into my routine. Now. Yeah. No, I was I was, future, but I was driven by that. I was okay. I was way too driven by that. You're right that that was what motivated me in my daily. It was the only thing that got my routine going, and it led to a certain mindlessness in a lot of other areas. And being mindful of that now. You don't have your long sleeve white shirt on. Um, a positive side effect has been being uh, a lot more conscientious of a lot of other lifestyle decisions, and it's, yeah. it's been it's been a very positive time for me, despite uh, sort of challenge. I mean, letting go of toxic relationships, even with my family. I I mentioned this to Joey recently because Joey is family. I choose. You know, versus family that I'm stuck with by virtue of shared genetics and experience, right? Right. And in laws and outlaws. I remember thinking back to um, <laughs> Stefan Molyneux's early works. And one of the things he was yeah. famous for and got in trouble for was his concept of defooing. And foo, F O O, family of origin, and his concept of defooing was disassociation from toxic family members and divorcing yourself from the sentimentality of shared experience and genetics and saying, doesn't matter if you're family or not, this is a bad relationship for me. If by staying here, I'm suffering and I'm just enabling your bad behavior. So I'm out, you know, and doing so with, with, with calm, cool, collective, peaceful confidence. And that's again, to our theme of, if you, if you want to stay in Babylon, but I'm going to be happy. I'll be a lot happier than you out here. So with that, let's wrap things up. Any any final any any safe rounds? Any producer notes? Uh, again, I don't want to extend anything. It just, I mean, I, I obviously you know I've been up to the garden and I fully promote the off grid lifestyle and everything, and it's it's beautiful and it's. It's everything you guys are saying. I just, I, I just worry a little bit. A few things keep going off in me. A couple. Each one of you use the word "stupid," referring to them that don't want to follow your path. And I think it's dangerous. Da you know, it's just a dangerous idea. Don't get too wrapped up in your own success of off grid that you start despising the scum that are being tricked by the government. You know what I'm saying? Don't start dividing yourself from the people that you wish would join you just because they're choosing not to join you. Just be careful of that is all mm. I'm saying. And I love you guys. So let's Storm troopers. I'm working on making the hate, bed that I want to lie in. Hate the game, not the players. All right. You want to mention our sponsors again real quick, Jim? Yeah, t.me uh, forward slash Adam Bersaman is the Telegram. We love that channel. You should be on it already. If you're not, there's your subtle reminder. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man is where you can go to financially support the show if you so choose to do so. And Odyssey.com is where you should find all of the newest content, including, which I didn't remind you of earlier, he's been doing the Adam, he's been releasing newer uh, man on the street videos and uh, getting some great content going there. So don't forget to get connected to the Odyssey channel. Let's uh, continue to grow that and share that out. That's all I got for producer notes. All right. We got more good videos coming from this upcoming road trip. So with that, mwah, peace and love y'all choose happiness and be excellent to each other.